Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Remember who she is. She's a woman that's used numbers of times every day and she got tired of it she wanted to be different these were not two men that were looking to use her sexually she knew they were different god had changed them and she was looking for that same change in her life remember the people were looking for don't have to be prostitutes but their lives are empty one crash after another we have the answer seriously The world system portrays living their kind of life as going from one happy-go-lucky event or experience to another. Fun without consequence, basically. And billions of people believe that that kind of life is the one to hope for, to strive for. The true Christ follower knows that the world is lying to all of its victims. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about one of those victims. You'll hear about a woman who even though she didn't know God, had heard about him and the miracles he'd done for Israel. You'll learn that telling other people about God isn't hard. Just tell them how he's changed you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. Now, during those seven days, Joshua, maybe in spite of his own doubts, challenged the people to obey God. You see, one person's faith can challenge thousands to step out. That's what a leader is. When a leader hears from God, that's how we started this church. Didn't make any sense, really, to me, to come and start the church, quit pharmacy, all the stuff, the things that we were doing, whatever. But, you know, God put it on our hearts, so we did it. We continue to do it. So do you. So no doubt as they marched, people laughed, the enemy laughed. But these same people, the generation before, had heard about the Red Sea. They themselves had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So they had a history with God. And this is another thing I want to challenge you with. You hear me talk about history a lot, but it's huge for us as far as building our faith. Notice next what you want to write. Personal history with God should increase our faith for tomorrow. Because the same God who was with us when he came through the last time is with you now. So there's no change. In fact, it should be easier for us. Now, Go back, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be back and forth in a moment. Just keep your finger there where you are, kind of near Joshua. Hebrews 11.30. By faith, after they did this on the seventh day, seven times around. By the way, understand what happened. 
They had seven days of waiting. Some of you are in the waiting. They had seven days of waiting. They had seven days of walking. And this is a hard one. I won't say who it's for. They had seven days of no talking. That's what the Bible says. They couldn't talk. So when those seven days are up, what is that? That's God's timing. Nothing's happening. It's God building our faith. Well, look at 1130, Hebrews 1130. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By how? By faith. What was their faith? Obedience. After the people had marched around them for seven days. We know that God worked his plan and the walls came down and the city was simply taken. All this happened one way. Faith. Do they still understand it today? No. Did it happen? Yes. The people actually believed God's plan would work. In the Bible, often seven symbolizes completeness and perfection. There were seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, seven circuits on the wall on the seventh day. God's plan was perfect. Here's what I want you to write. Real faith, you heard it already, is proved by obedience. You and I can't say we're people of faith if we're going to doubt and don't follow through. So let me ask you, I'm not sure who God's speaking to, but I know he's speaking to some of us in this specific area. Are there any walls that need to come down in your life? There's a wall that's in front of you. You're not sure what to do with it. Remember, the battle is always in the mind. Don't try to argue with God about the plan. Simply acknowledge his plan is better than the plan you have. And walk it out. Wait. His timing. His walking. Talk with him. And the walls will come down. Well, there's another whole aspect in that chapter that we're going to cover next. Look at verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Most of you know the story of Rahab. We'll go through it very quickly. But let me just say something to you. Let me ask you a question. What in the world is a prostitute, a pagan, a full-on sinner, later we'll see a liar, what is she doing in chapter 11? The hall of faith. What's with God? Well, when I wrote that, I wrote this. What are you doing here? And what am I doing here? As Ephesians chapter 2 says, once we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And we walked the way the world walked. But God, in his grace, changed us. Amen? Could I hear an amen somewhere in the house? So you say, well, what is Rahab doing in there? That just shows us our God's a God of grace. He had it all worked out. She was part of the plan. And I love that about God, because Rahab will take small steps of faith. Don't doubt God's love for every... Jesus came for the whole world. And we have to be careful we don't kind of isolate ourselves. Now, let's go back to Joshua chapter 2. And you'll see a little bit of this amazing, amazing story. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim 
Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So this is before Joshua, what we just read, how he conquered it. Now, why does Joshua send out two spies? Joshua has history. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that earlier went out. You remember? Only Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report. So maybe, maybe he learned something. So he only sends two spies because he and Caleb are the only two that had faith. And remember what happened when the 10 came back? They said, no, we're not going to go in there. So what did that cause Joshua to do? 40 years of wasted time. 40 years and a whole generation. Every generation died 20 and under. Every person died 20 and under. So Joshua goes, we're not going there. Now, these Jewish spies tried to get lost in this big city. But you'll see the enemy already knew about God. They already knew about Israel. And so they went to a house, because sometimes we say, what kind of spies are these? I mean, they're not going to the Motel 6. They're going to, you know, it's the ranch out in Las Vegas. What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Well, the reason they're going there, because in those days, the merchants would stop at a house where there was lots of prostitution. Of course, it would be an eating place and whatever. So they're trying to get lost in the crowd because they're, uh, of course, afraid. But God directed them there also. I don't believe it was just that. God knew that Rahab was there. Now, God had been doing something in her heart. Of course, these men certainly wouldn't know that. He knew her heart was open to him. And secondly, she would be instrumental in this victory over Jericho. Plus, her house was in a neat place. It was on the wall. It was an easy escape place. Now, verse 3. So they're trying to hide. But the king finds that they're there and knows they're in Rahab's house. So the king of Jericho sent this text message to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come to you and entered your house because they've come to spy out the whole land. Somehow, we don't know how it happened, Facebook picture or something, whatever. Anyway, the king knows that they're there. Now look at verse 4. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I didn't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Verse 6. But really, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. Verse 7. So the men, the enemy set on a pursuit of the spies on the roads that lead to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Now, what did Rahab do? Well, she told three little lies. They were little white lies. No, she told three what? She told three lies. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think God could have fulfilled his plan without lying? Yes. Why would God say, do not lie, but you're going to have to lie so my plan can work? (laughs) Of course he could. 
But what do we see here? Understand who you're talking about. Rahab. Does she know anything about lying yet? No, she does not. You have to understand the grace of God. God for sure could have worked a plan without it. But he used it. It wasn't right. You never see anywhere where this is, oh, that's the right. I can't get out of this situation. Better lie about Rahab did. As a Christian, no, you can't do that. Now, just think. Families, people come to the altar in our churches on a weekend. And they go into the prayer room. Do they know how to now live morally? If they've never been introduced to the Bible? Say no. They're clueless. Where do you think a young couple getting saved in this church who knows nothing about the Bible, where do you think they're clueless about getting drunk, cheating, lying if you need to? How about sleeping together? Think they're clueless? Hello, am I talking to absentee people here or what? Do you think they're clueless? Yes, they're totally clueless. I can tell you that from doing premarital counseling with many couples. They knew adultery was wrong, but they never in their wildest imagination thought it was wrong to sleep together. Well, why would they think that way? What television program do you watch? Every program says it's okay. So see, understand, they need to be what? Taught. You you don't teach them by condemning them. You teach them by encouraging them with the word of God. So be careful how judgmental you are for a new believer. This is what happened to Rahab. Rahab doesn't know anything about God. She doesn't know anything about the covenant. She certainly doesn't know anything about the Ten Commandments. So God used it, but of course, he didn't need to use it, but it just happened that way. Now look at verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof, and she said to them, watch this. This is amazing. I know that the Lord has given this land to you. She seems to have more faith than some of the Israelites. I know that the Lord, the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Oh, that that would happen. In our nation. One of the reasons it doesn't happen, we're not praying people. Be praying. Now, this is important. Sometimes when we read this, we go right by it. Listen, verse 10. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Stop there for a moment. When was that? That's 40 years ago. Now, think about that. 40 years ago, they knew that God. And then, of course, then there's a little battle here that's closer. Forty years ago. The enemy remembers it. Sometimes we don't remember it, what God's done. That's an amazing thing. That knowledge of God was in the enemy's hand. And what you did to Sihong and Og and the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, which you completely destroyed, a closer one. Now, when we heard of it, our hearts melted And everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, she's not there yet, your God in heaven is God in heaven above and on the earth below. What a confession from the lips of a woman who'd been raised with pagan gods. We have heard. Understand how important your personal testimony is 
to unbelievers. You don't have to be a Bible quiz guy or gal. You don't have to be a a scholar in the Bible. When people ask you, how did your life change? That's not the same person I know. You don't have to get mixed up in that. You don't have to forget it. That's your testimony. You can't mess it up. Your testimony is so powerful because it's you. You're the changed person. As we promote the Lord's reputation by our changed lives. How God changed my life. That's what she's saying. We have heard how God has done all these things. Faith comes by hearing by the word of God. When you give your testimony, trust God. They're hearing the word of God that you changed. All things are passed away. All things become new. Be bold. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation. Now, you talk about the providence of God. Rahab was the only person in Jericho that we know who trusted God of Israel, and God brought her to the two spies. Is that amazing? She had been seeking, no doubt, meaning and purpose in her life. God allowed her to hear about his people, his miracles, and she was open to the truth. Somehow, she was tired of being used by the world. Remember who she is. She's a woman that's used numbers of times every day. And she got tired of it. She wanted to be different. These were not two men that were looking to use her sexually. She knew they were different. God had changed them. And she was looking for that same change in her life. Remember the people we're looking for. Don't have to be prostitutes. But their lives are empty. One crash after another. We have the answer. Seriously. Now, look at verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the minister. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. Rahab asked the spies. I think it's neat. She's not just thinking about herself. This is a challenge to all of us because sometimes we do get frustrated, especially with our relatives. Would you write it this way? We must have a heart for the lost, especially our relatives. We need to just pray. For our brothers and our sisters and our aunts and our uncles and our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren who are away from the Lord. She is thinking about her relatives. In Joshua verse 21, I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on their way, leaving a scarlet rope hanging from the window. She lowered them over the wall with a rope. And the spies told her to mark that section of the wall so they could find her when they came back with that same red rope and they would save her from destruction. Now go down to Joshua chapter 6. Let's pick up the story as the wall falls and the armies go in. Let's go down to verse 15, if you will. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day they circled the city seven times. Now the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, what? Shout! So they could finally talk. For the Lord has given you the city. 
Stop for a moment. What do you think that shout sounded like? Yeah. Man, they're ready, don't you think? After seven times and seven days and seven times, come on, the shout would have been there. And the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. As I read that, I think of Noah and the ark. We want our family in the ark. Amen? They're the only ones that are going to be saved. The only one to be saved would Rahab in her house. Verse 20. Now when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. Faith brought the wall down. Wasn't the shout. Faith. They believe. Faith brought the wall down. Verse 22. And Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Now go to the prostitute's house. Isn't it amazing? Still call her that. And bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young man who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, brothers, and all who belonged to her. And they brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Verse 25, but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Rahab and her household were saved because she had faith in God and she helped the Israelite spies. Warren Wiersbe says this, it's important to note that Rahab and her family were saved by faith in the God of Israel and not by faith in a rope hanging out the window. She just obeyed. The fact that she hung the rope from the window was proof that she had faith. Now, where do we find her? She's not only in chapter 11, Matthew 1.5. And Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse. Amazingly, Matthew tells us that Rahab, a Gentile prostitute, came to believe in our one true God and was grafted into the family tree of who? Jesus, our Messiah. She was in the line of the Savior of Jesus. This shouldn't surprise us, because the minute Jesus came to the earth, what was he known as? A friend of sinners. That's what we need to be. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to write this last thing. Would you write this down? Have faith that God can change any life no matter their past. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught that sometimes God will ask you to do things that just don't make sense. Just like Joshua did, though, it's important to simply obey God. Pastor Mark reminded you that you never know who's watching to see how you handle those kinds of situations. You were told that your personal history with God should increase your faith for the future. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Well, that completes Pastor Mark's teaching, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. Next time, he'll begin his message, Faith That Pleases God. He'll be talking about the importance of becoming familiar with the Bible, both the Old and New Testaments, and the benefit that this increasing closeness with God's Word will have for your life as a Christ follower. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.